Thread, God's truth tying together all the pieces of your life. Thread is the broadcast of Dr. Chuck Quinley. Thread. Hi, I'm Chuck Quinley, and welcome back to Thread Episode 70. We're coming to you this time from Northern Thailand. And I want to say a greeting to Emily Hill, who's listening from Belmont College in Nashville, Tennessee. Also, I want to say howdy to Nathan, Brooke, Jessica, and to Kristen today. You know, there's a normal human conversation, and then there are these moments when God uses you to be a, a voice from Him to deliver a message to somebody else. And that's what today's episode is all about. So if you don't have your Bible, Thread is a podcast for leaders, and we go verse by verse through the Scriptures. And we'll be today in Acts chapter 2, verse 37 through 41. So go get your Bible and come right back for this week's thread. Okay, we're back. Ready to go? Uh, Acts chapter 2, verse 37. The thread community is made up of people who want their lives to be an influence on other people. That's what leadership is. It's influencing others, whether you have a title or not, you know, that you, you see yourself as called by God to live the kind of life that others look up to and are influenced by, and that we're going to use our gifts and use uh, the relational uh, connections that God gives us to be a blessing in the lives of other people and to influence them and to lead them toward that higher life that God has called us all to through Christ. So that's what today is about. We're talking about is effective spiritual communication. And in this case, Peter has been standing and he's been speaking to this crowd and he's done it with such earnestness and he's been so compelling. He's you know, he's engaged them personally. He's looking them in the eye. He is asserting one point. He's just, you know, it's not a prepared message. He has one message, and he is trying to deliver this one point. He's doing it with total conviction. You know, it's God's Word. He's preaching it, whether it's in public or sharing it with one person over coffee. You know, God's Word is supposed to drive home a truth that will accomplish a change in the hearer. And the scripture said that, you know, his, Peter's words that day were so powerful, so effective, so anointed that verse 37 says they were cut to the heart, cut to the heart. It went right through their defense systems and they, you know, they, they were cut by God's word. God brought his word to them to bring a change. And they say to, they say in responding to Peter it says, verse 37, when they heard this, they were cut to the heart. They said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brothers, what shall we do? Uh, I want us to look at this passage. I think it's so important because, you know, we want to share with people and we want it to work. We don't want to turn people off. We want to connect with them because I'm telling you, all around you, there are, there are people whose lives are in such a state of confusion and they are, you, you can't always tell it from looking on the outside because, you know, we, we do wear a mask and we do a pretty good job of it. Um, but there are people that are right around you and these people, they know you, they look up to you. God makes them see you in a different way than you might see yourself. You know, you might look in the mirror and say, oh, I wish I could lose some weight or I wish I looked like this or like that. That's not what they see. When they look at you, 
you've got it together. You are somebody different to them. You, you know, you seem special in some way. And so they look up and they will listen to you if you will speak to them. But, you know, you want to save all the little God chatter and just wait for your moment because the moment is coming. Just be a friend and don't always, you know, talk about praying for people and yeah, yeah, I'll pray for you or, you know, you should really this, that. Don't drop the little bitty things in. That just irritates people. Wait for your moment. And when they, when that moment comes and Peter has found that moment in the lives of this crowd Peter has found this moment, God has found it, and pushed Peter up there. Peter's opening his mouth. He's speaking boldly to these guys. But I want you to notice what it does to them. They speak back to Peter, and they say, brothers. See, this this crowd feels bonded to Peter. Peter's been earnestly evangelizing them, but they're not turned off. You see, the tone that you take is as important as the message that you speak. Somebody said, uh, people will forget what you say, may even forget what you do, but they will never forget how you made them feel. And Peter has made them feel like brothers. You know, they feel bonded. They feel included as a result of the tone that Peter has taken with them. Now, all of us have seen people who are finger pointing and you know, they, they just sound self-righteous and they irritate. Uh, but Peter has not taken that tone. He has been earnestly pleading as a friend would with a friend, that they would turn from their sin and that they would receive uh, what God was bringing into their life. And they asked this question, what do we need to do? And that's a really great question. And it lets you know that Peter had done a good job as a communicator because, uh, you know, when God is going to bring you the word, a word from God is always about what you need to do. It's about an action it's about an observable change that God is calling for. He's going to give you the word, and the word will call you to do something differently. Because, you know, if God speaks, it's generally to tell you to do something differently. He's going to be saying, get out of pornography, burn it, stop it, or pay your workers a fair wage, or apologize to your parents, or you know, whatever it is. But God puts his finger on our life because of our behavior. And Peter understands this very well. So when these guys say, what should we do? You know, Peter doesn't say, well, you know, it's kind of up to you, you know, at the level that you want. Peter has his answer ready. And really, you know, this is the answer that we need to give everybody. Um, Peter says, okay, you want to know what to do? Here it is, number, verse 38. Number one, repent. Repent. Uh, repentance means to turn around and go back the other way. It means to... Uh, show a public, show in public your private, earnest desire to turn from your wickedness. It's, it's an action thing. It's not just in your heart. It's not just that you're sorry or that you say sorry. It's things you need to do to clean up your mess because we've all made a mess and sin will lead us to, to hurt people and do all kinds of other things that are damaging, and Peter says, well, that's it. Number one, that thing that you've been doing, stop it. Turn around, go back the other way. Repent. Repent, every one of you. Repent, priests, because they're priests standing there. Repent, I see some grandfathers in the crowd. Repent, grandfathers. Repent, leaders. Repent, wealthy people. Repent, poor people. Repent, 
uh, learned people and those who cannot read, it's the same message for everybody. Repent. And number two, be baptized. Every one of you repent. Every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus. Public repentance, public submission under Christ. Now notice the absence of these sentences. Peter does not say, ask Jesus into your heart. That's something that we say to little bitty kids, and then we end up you know, saying it to adults later on. Peter didn't say that. Ask Jesus into your heart. Peter didn't say, amazingly, pray the sinner's prayer. Uh, in Eastern Europe, I think they've got it right. You know, If you're in Eastern Europe and you talk to somebody about their walk with the Lord and you say, how long have you known the Lord? A lot of times the response will be, oh, I repented in 1997, they know when they repented because repentance calls on you to do some practical steps. It's not just a little prayer that we pray and we, we think that we're sorry. You do something that shows that you are repenting. I had a friend, uh, one of my earliest friends in the ministry, his name Mansur Shayestapur, and he was a Muslim from Iran. And uh, through amazing miracles, God reached into his life, revealed himself to Mansur, and and just led him to know God. And uh, so Mansur got saved, and that night, uh, as he slept, he woke up the next day, and he knew what he had to do. He came out of his bedroom. Uh, Mansur was in charge of a factory, and he had a he had a driver and a pretty great life going on there. And so Mansur comes out to the car, and he's got this piece of paper in his hand, and he's, he calls his driver, and he says, we have a mission to do today. I have to go to the, to everyone on this list, and I have to ask them to forgive me for the way I've treated them. And he said, and Teddy, that's the driver, Teddy, your name is number one on the list. So, partner, will you forgive me for the way I've talked to you and treated you? And, you know, the driver's not used to this level of conversation. It's such a, a vertical society. And, uh, you know, the driver's, oh, yeah, yeah, yes, sir, yes, sir. And he goes, oh, wonderful, wonderful. Thank you for forgiving me. Okay, let's go to the next name. And he spent the whole day going to see people, looking them in the eye, and apologizing. He's repenting. And Peter says, well, that's what you have to do. You have to repent, and you have to be baptized. If you'll be baptized, some things are going to happen. If you will repent and be baptized, Peter says, here's what's going to happen. The remission of your sins, the forgiveness of your sins is going to happen. And then he says, and you can enter the family of God and be adopted into God's family, and you can escape the coming judgment. And we think, wow, that's, all, that's amazing. What a promise. And then Peter said, but wait, there's more. And at the bottom of verse 38, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This this thing that you've witnessed happening in other people's lives here where God releases himself into them in power, that's going to happen to you too. And he promises it. Verse 39, Peter says, oh, it's a promise. The promise about this, the promise about God's power and God's presence and the Holy Spirit entering into your life, that's a promise to you. That's a promise to your children after you. That's a promise to everyone who will ever Follow Jesus as Lord. It's a promise. It's a promise to you, to your children, and to everyone who will ever follow him as Lord.
And, you know, that's what the Scripture says in 1 Corinthians 12, 13, says we've all been made to drink of this one Spirit. Um, you don't have to live a powerless Christian life. You don't have to live a life where you wonder if there's a God, really. You wonder if this whole thing is real. The New Testament church lived in the daily presence of God. They worshipped Him, and He made Himself known among them. They saw miracles happen in their right in front of their eyes. They saw miracles. They understood that their prayer had a power to bring the will of God into their situation, that God had already made these promises, and if they would just pray now, that they could bring the promises from God into the real world and the things would start happening. They understood that they were agents of change and that if they spoke to somebody, it wasn't like a normal person speaking, but they had some kind of special thing on them now. And if they touched that person, just touched their body, put their arm around them or touched them somehow, some kind of a, an anointing flowed out of them and into them. They believed that they had been given a power to speak blessings over other people and make good things happen in their lives. They believed in all that. Peter said, if you will do this, if you will repent, if you will be baptized, I can promise you, it's a promise to you, it's a promise to your children, it's a promise to everybody. There's no one who, by God's will, is going to get a different experience of salvation than this. Verse 39, it's for everyone that the Lord our God will call. That word call is really important. Because it reminds us that salvation only happens because God calls us. He draws us and he calls out to us with his offer. And our part is to answer him and come to him when he calls. It's called prevenient grace. It means grace comes first. We don't think about turning to God. It would never come in our mind. God puts the thought inside of us to think about turning to God. He reaches out to us. And he calls us. He starts calling us and wrestling with us and working in our life. And that's why he wants to use us to bring that to other people because he's calling them and he's reaching out to them and he's wrestling with them and he's going to use our testimony and use our friendship and use our voice to reach out to them and to deliver this message from God. So God's part is to call us and our part is is to answer and come to God when he calls. And that's really what church means. The word church, ecclesia, it means those people who came when he called. When he called to them, they came, and now they gather together with each other, and they gather around Jesus. And because they have a, a unified uh, longing for Jesus and a unified desire to know Jesus and be close to Jesus, that closeness to Jesus makes us close to each other. Now, Peter has got their full attention. He's told them what they should do. He's promised them what God will do in response if they will act in obedience. He's promised them that it's not over with. It's not just that you're going to get forgiven. If you obey, you're going to enter this whole new kind of life, the Holy Spirit life, and he's going to lead you and guide you, and you're going to do missions for God. But then he goes back because he knows he's got them, but he, he wants to see action on their part. So verse 40 says, with many other words, he testified and he exhorted them. 
Uh, to exhort means to remind you of something that you, you already know. You know, these things were in their heart. They knew how to follow God. They just weren't doing it. And so Peter's calling them to listen to their heart, listen to the Holy Spirit speaking to them and the, the uh, summation of what he was saying to them over and over again. Verse 40, be saved from this perverse generation. Be saved. That word saved means to rescue someone who's in danger of destruction. So Peter's saying, be saved. Let God save you from this. And, you know, these are the people we're trying to impress all the time as our generation. We wear the style that impresses our generation. We, we do all the things that, you know, are meant to uh, let us participate in the world and let us hopefully uh, be looked up to by the world. And Peter says, you need to be saved from the world, not run to the world. You need to be saved out of it. And this is what it is. It's a perverse generation. And the word is scolios, uh, crooked, like a snake. Um, this, this generation, uh, the King James says, untoward. It means they're not going toward anything because they're not moving in a straight path. They, they have a crooked path, so they're just moving in circles. You know, they're not going anywhere. Why would you follow them? The only place they're going is to be destroyed. And so be saved. King James Version says, save yourself. Get away from them. Get out of the line. These people are moving in a line toward destruction. It's a crooked, snaky line. It's got all kinds of wickedness in it. Get out of that line. Get away from them. And verse 41 says, Those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day 3,000 souls were added to them. A harvest, my friend. You will have a harvest too. As you learn to be a bold, prophetic mouthpiece for the Lord, just like Peter. When you're sharing salvation with somebody, you don't get to do that presentation over and over again. Once that door opens, you need to earnestly pour out your heart. Reach out to them, you know, contend for their soul and be earnest with them. And just like Peter did, deliver the message from God. They'll receive it. They'll believe it because God is anointing you to speak these words. That's all for this episode of Thread. We want to say uh, a big thanks to everybody in the Philippines who's listening on the Edge Radio Network. And also thanks for those of you who have liked our page on Facebook, Thread Podcast. You can write me personally, Chuck at Quinley.com. God bless you. Until next time, on Thread.